Chapter Sixteen of An Unwilling Guest by Grace Livingston Hill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Like Many Waters. Chapter Sixteen. Miss Rutherford plays nurse. The transformation of that stiff, angular, dreary hotel room into a home-like spot was not a difficult thing for Evelyn Rutherford to accomplish she was a girl who generally achieved what she set about the reason she did not often do nice things was that she did not rouse herself from her own pleasure or ease to take the trouble now however it pleased her whim to leave no stone unturned to make this first attempt at goodness a success perhaps the very energy she put into this and the strange vagaries into which her fancy led her were only the ways in which she eased the pains of a newly aroused conscience which she knew not how to soothe to sleep again or at least she had at hand none of her old means of doing so it is not difficult to do nice things with plenty of money and taste at command she had known at a glance what was needed and sent a messenger boy out to one of the great stores near by with a written order for a few articles to be delivered on approval after the boy had started down the hall, a new thought came to her, and she recalled him, and added an order for a few plainly framed good pictures, within a certain price, to be sent, from which she could make a selection. Perhaps it was these, as much as anything else, which gave the at-home air to the room when Richard Rutherford awoke, though he did not at first notice them. His sister had selected them by fancy rather than knowledge for she was not an art student, and did not judge pictures by their worth, only by the way they spoke to her. She had chosen from the lot sent over to her some horses' heads and dogs by Rosa Bonner, a pretty etching, and Hoffman's childhood of Christ. It was a curious collection. She knew that her brother was fond of horses and dogs, the Hoffman she had seen at the Greys, and been struck by the wonderful expression of the face and a fancied likeness in the eyes to dr gray that it was supposed to represent the boy christ jesus strange to say she did not know until after she had bought it she had this hung on the wall opposite the foot of the bed and when her brother began to notice the pictures this was the first one his eyes rested upon he lay quietly looking about him for a moment when he first awoke there was a restful home-like quiet pervading the room his sister had her head turned away from him and seemed to be thinking the nurse was nowhere to be seen the door opened softly and the doctor stepped in the patient looked up with a smile why you look more cheerful to-day and what's happened to the place it bears the touch of a woman's hand he glanced about and then seeing evelyn who had arisen in surprise was standing by the mantel a half-suppressed ah escaped him Evelyn wondered if it was her imagination that detected a note of pride in her brother's voice, as he said, "'My sister, Dr. McFarlane, come all the way from Ohio to coddle me.' At least, whether it were fancy or truth, it went far toward strengthening Evelyn's purpose in her new way. Ways of carrying out her plan crowded into her mind thick and fast. She actually began to plan for self-sacrifice, a thing she had always detested it made her feel more virtuous when she had done something to please her brother to know that it had cost her an effort or the surrender of something which made life pleasanter 
when the doctor was gone and the nurse had made his patient as comfortable as was possible evelyn ordered dinner this time the table was set by the bedside in regular order the roses in the centre and everything as dainty as if she were serving a luncheon at home this became the established way of taking their meals evelyn did not attempt to go down to the dining-room at all but stayed with her brother after she found that it seemed pleasanter to him it is true this did not require much sacrifice on her part as she was alone and would not enjoy dining by herself but she liked to think she was doing a good deal by this little act indeed in the days that followed she began to feel that she could almost compete with allison herself for deeds of valor and sanctity she intended to make up for it by a gay season in new york when this siege was over but in the meantime why not cover herself with glory and still her conscience so she wrought diligently even arising at night once or twice to bathe her brother's aching head and read aloud to him when she heard from her adjoining room his restless moans and knew he could not sleep she gained for all this devotion a tender acknowledgment once oh you are a good sister this went farther into her heart than all the self-praise had done and brought her nearer to her brother nevertheless there were days when he was cross and hard to manage and soothe and in these days she would have found it easy to return to her former habitual haughtiness and left him entirely alone were it not for her growing interest in her experiment all this time her little daily prayer was uttered with a growing complacency and a tendency to forget its import to merely continue the habit as a sort of talisman to keep her right in the eyes of a man whom she respected and honored it was the afternoon of her arrival that they had their talk about the greys i don't remember to have seen that hoffman before said the young man looking earnestly at the picture hanging on the wall in front of him where did it come from nor in fact any of these other pictures looking around curiously i have not been moved have i this surely is the same room for i have counted the cracks in the ceiling enough times to have them indelibly impressed on my memory and that surely is the same little imp glaring at me from the wall-paper i cannot be mistaken how did you manage it evelyn are you a magician to wave a wand and bring forth beauties everywhere evelyn smiled it was pleasant to have her efforts noticed oh i sent over to w's for some pictures and chose a few i thought you would like what did you call that head you were looking at a hoffman who is it supposed to be they had it in hillcroft and allison was very fond of it it seems a remarkable face i was glad they sent it over for i always liked it why evelyn don't you know that picture it is from the famous painting of the child christ in the temple by hoffman said the brother who was more of a devotee of art than his sister and knew pictures and their artists by name at least evelyn started and actually flushed she knew not why was this then the christ picture was that why it had appealed so to her and the likeness to dr gray had she not heard in that young people's meeting in hillcroft something said about the followers of christ growing into his image or likeness whether from the bible or elsewhere she knew not was this then the explanation of course the picture was but a figment of the artist's imagination anyway for no one knew how the real christ looked 
but still she could not understand the ideal and this ideal christ expression was the same she had noted in his follower on that hilltop as he looked off and saw in fancy the opening heavens and his coming lord evelyn turned away from the picture with a sigh almost of impatience was this thing then to pursue her everywhere could she get away from it in no way here she had deliberately chosen this picture and now she could no more look at it in comfort how annoying that she should not have known of course she had supposed it was some religious character or some saint but not the christ himself no i did not know what it was supposed to represent said evelyn slowly perhaps you would rather have some other picture hanging there where you have to look at it all the time we can exchange any of these it is a fine face and i like to study it there is such buoyancy of youth and entire hopefulness in the face it rests one somehow i shall dare not complain so much with that cheerful countenance over there who is this allison you speak of that is a peculiar name i don't remember ever to have heard it before does it belong to man woman or child evelyn laughed allison gray is a very beautiful girl dick you would simply rave over her and say she ought to be painted and sculped and have poetry written to her and all those things your artist friends do she lives in hillcroft and it was in her home i was staying much against my will oh no it was not uncomfortable i assure you i was treated most delightfully and now that it is past i look back upon the experience as something rich i don't know but i was rather sorry to come away after all i never was in a place where people seemed to think so much of one another and of their home before allison is dr maurice gray's sister you remember him do you not gray why surely you don't say how peculiar i remember now he did live out west somewhere but i never bothered my head to learn where ought to think he lived in the same town with our revered aunt and we never knew it the world isn't so large after all is it gray was a good fellow we would have been close chums if he had not been so overwhelmingly busy all the time when he was not buried in his books he was out slumming or off at a prayer meeting he tried to get me into all those things but somehow i didn't incline that way i sometimes think it might have been a good thing for me if i had stuck to him and his schemes he wasn't any of your mollycoddles either he was captain of the baseball team at one time and good at all outdoor sports and he had a voice like a whole orchestra from the bass drum up did you ever hear him sing no of course you didn't my but he can't sing he was head of the glee club but gave it up because he had so little time he was one of the men that make you think there is something in life worth while besides just the pleasure you can get out of it you like to have him around you feel safe when he is by you know nothing very bad can happen to him though i don't know but he makes you feel uncomfortable too he is doing so tremendously well with his own life that you feel mean to look at your own i have often wondered what kind of a home the fellow had he used to speak of his mother and sister and father too with real affection but he was one who would feel affection for a cat that belonged to him so you could not judge by that besides he is so unusual that there can't be many like him his family are doubtless quite commonplace how did you find them anything but commonplace answered evelyn quickly they are the most extraordinary people i ever met 
they do absolutely nothing to please themselves so far as i could find out without first inquiring whether it will help or hinder someone else i felt smaller and smaller the longer i stayed not that they obtruded their goodness oh dear me no they were sweetness itself but i could not help seeing how differently they looked at everything still they seemed very happy she stopped musing and looked at the picture tell me all about it said her brother looking interested humanity is always interesting i like to get a hold of a new type what kind of a house do they live in and what do they do from morning to night begin at the beginning and tell what they did first thing in the morning and what they had for breakfast i'm sick of all the people i've met lately perhaps these will be a change i suppose you found a good many pretty funny things didn't you evelyn hesitated she suddenly found that there were some things she did not care to tell also it grated on her just the least little bit to seem to make fun of the people who had been so kind to her dick doubtless would think some things were very queer and they had seemed so to her when they occurred but now that she had come to tell them for someone else to laugh over she shrank from it she knew not why moreover the thing that impressed evelyn more than any other habit of the gray household had been the family worship held before breakfast every morning at first she had not known about it because she came down late but afterward when she began to get down earlier she found that they came together to ask god's blessing upon the day whenever the family were all gathered at the evening hour for retiring they also knelt in prayer together this had been so utterly new and embarrassing to evelyn that she did not like to speak of it she felt afraid of betraying her own emotion in her voice if she should attempt to do so how could she help remembering the strange creepy sensation that came over her when she first heard mr gray's kind voice as if he were talking to a friend say and bring to the stranger who has come into our home for a little while a rich blessing may she be a help to us and may we in no way hinder her but her brother was urging her impatiently go on evelyn what time did you get up at hillcroft thus urged evelyn began we had what they call prayers the first thing in the morning and at night before retiring they had them again she paused expecting her brother to rail out against a perpetual prayer meeting he was looking dreamily at the picture and he only answered ah that accounts for it then he turned to his sister suddenly remembering that she had been for a time a part of this strange household i suppose it was rather hard on you wasn't it why she should resent this she did not know but she did nevertheless she went on to describe the white house with the green blinds wide porches and pretty lawns the village and what people she had met and above all the life of commonplace everyday work and kindliness she did not use many words nor express any opinions herself but she gave a very true picture of hillcroft it sounds pleasant said the young man with his eyes closed i think i shall visit aunt joan myself some day it would be interesting to walk about that quiet little town and meet miss rebecca bascombe do you think the star-eyed goddess with the gold hair would condescend to flirt with a fellow for a few days dick said evelyn almost sharply don't you don't know her she would no more flirt than she would commit murder really that sounds interesting a young woman who will not flirt 
I shall surely visit Aunt Joan some day. Such a curiosity as a young woman who will not flirt ought certainly to be brought to New York. If you are right, which I very much doubt, there is still some hope of the human race. And he laughed as he saw the color mounting swiftly into his sister's face. Dick, she said in a vexed tone, I beg your pardon, my beloved sister, but isn't it true? Come, confess. By the way, what has become of Hal Worthington, upon whom I last saw you exercising that art? Have you dropped him for another victim, or only loaned him to Jane while you were away? I hear she has quite taken him up. Evelyn's eyes grew dark with irritation, but it was not her way to break into angry exclamation. I know nothing about Mr. Worthington, she said freezingly and if you talk in this way I shall certainly leave you to the tender mercies of your nurse. A truce, a truce, sister, I beg your pardon humbly. I cannot afford to quarrel with you now. Tell me about Hillcroft. But indeed, you have relieved my mind. Let Hal Worthington alone. He isn't worth your notice. You men are always hard upon one another, said Evelyn coldly. There's nothing the matter with Mr. Worthington just as you women are on one another responded the brother laughing but there's everything the matter with worthington evelyn believe me i hope you won't have anything more to do with him indeed said evelyn politely i'm obliged to you for your advice but it's wholly unnecessary i assure you i choose my friends where i please and consider myself fully able to tell a man when i see him richard rutherford frowned and was about to speak angrily again and perhaps tell his sister some truths which she might as well have heard then as later, and the whole of Evelyn's scheme was well-nigh on the verge of shipwreck when the doctor, with his light tap on the door, entered and put a stop to the talk. Evelyn retired to her room to smooth her ruffled feelings. She was more annoyed than she cared to have her brother know. Two natures were striving within her for the mastery. The one was typified by her intimacy with Mr. Worthington, the other by her chance meeting with that other man dr gray each was antagonistic to the other since she had been at hillcroft she had begun to feel out of harmony with mr worthington if her brother had said nothing about him she would not have felt inclined to renew her friendship with him but she hated above all things to be managed and advised and treated as if she were a child therefore she resolved to show her brother when she got home that she could take care of herself in her private heart however she laid aside the warning and concluded that it was all well for her not to go with this gay young man any more during the days that followed she told her brother many things about the gray family and allison was mentioned more than once bert also came up for a description and the young man laughed loud and long over his sister's discomfiture in the pullman car he also showed surprise and hearty approval as she told of her adventure for so she accounted it in playing at a prayer meeting he declared he should like to meet bert and forthwith demanded to have the sky pilot and black rock read aloud to him after these were finished and evelyn bethought herself of the upper row in the library at hillcroft and sallied forth to the bookstore returning with a number of them the young man seemed interested in these books they were in a new line for him they were studies of human character and as such he recognized their worth and beauty and was not a little touched with their pathos 
he laughed till he cried over abe the stage driver and bronco bill and he turned his head aside to wipe away the tears over little gwen and the coming into port of the pilot when they came to snow and heather and read of steenie's bonny man he laid with thoughtful eyes on the picture of the boy christ before him it was while they read a singular life one day that richard broke in upon the reading he joined the student volunteers when he was in college i remember did you ever hear about it i wonder if he outgrew it or what was the matter that he gave it up he was very enthusiastic of whom pray are you speaking emmanuel bayard in this story and what may a student volunteer be i should like to inquire said the reader pausing and closing the book with her finger in the place why i was speaking of maurice gray some way bayard reminds me of him he was much such a fellow and a student volunteer why evelyn you are certainly very ignorant it was a movement that swept through the colleges i don't know but it's going on yet a great many students joined it promising to go to foreign fields as missionaries if possible I know Gray was one, for he tried his best to get me interested. Really, how strange! What would he want to go as a missionary for? It would be bad enough to be a missionary at home. I can't imagine anyone getting to that point of sacrifice. Not one so well educated and cultured as Dr. Gray. I suppose he has given it up as one of the follies of his boyhood. Of course he did not expect to succeed in his profession as he has at that time. Then she went back to her reading, her mind keeping up an undertone of thought of which Dr. Gray was the center, typified by the hero of the story she read. End of chapter 16